This is the coronation post-game reaction kind of thing that we do after our loss to Purdue. If that rhymed, I didn't mean it intentionally. It was just how the words came out. Because I really don't have anything to say. This is your host, John Johnston, joined by Mike Jackson and Nate McHugh, who both write for our site. No, I don't. I don't know where to go with this. Do you guys know where to go? Uh, next year. I was hoping that you could give us some, advice, some guidance. <laughs> <laughs> next year. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that uh, my guide my guidance would be toward uh, alcoholism. Probably, it's not good advice. It's it's really not. Um, I, I this was a game Nebraska needed to win to get to a bowl game. Honestly, that isn't it. Coulda, coulda, and shoulda. Yeah, there were so many things well, left on the field. You know, I. I I really think Scott Frost got to take a look at, you know, if he's too loyal to, to certain players or, I mean, it, especially if the season's lost. You know, you expect he maybe could get a win against Maryland. And then you hope he get a win against Maryland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this rate, I wouldn't expect it. And then uh, maybe you upset Iowa and that's your only chance at a bowl. But, I mean, if, if the season's lost, then you got to get some other guys some experience. Or I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a frustrating thing. You know, uh, Haas is really upset about the defense. And for me, Adrian Martinez, besides running the ball in the second half for the two touchdowns, he really struggled. And I don't know if if I was a teammate and I, you know, look at Coach Frost and say, hey, you know, we got a backup quarterback that seemed to look pretty good last week, you know, if he's healthy. And – but then, you know, Frost is probably playing the long game with Martinez. doesn't want to mess up his mental state, you know, looking towards next year, I guess. I don't know. Well, but let's also uh, think for a minute here that, uh, you know, both of those quarterbacks last week left the game with uh, with injuries. And yeah. the bedroll that came in late – was not the federal that started the game because he was he was passing throwing the ball only. So I'm not convinced that if uh, what would have happened if let's say God forbid Martinez would have had a concussion or if that shoulder injury that we thought was bad who would have been in? It could have been Bunchy. I mean I don't know but it. Uh, so I, you know, you know the one thing I think that I probably my my biggest takeaway besides what happened on the field was was watching you know seeing tweets from guys like Tommy Frazier basically calling for the quarterback to be but to uh, be benched and Martinez be benched and I, I you know I think there's an undercurrent here that I don't think we've learned any of our lessons over the last few years, you know, what's, what's that mean? What does that mean? Well, I think, I, I think everybody thinks that has been hoping that this thing would just be, uh, you all took was, Oh, Mike Riley was a complete idiot. And 
you know, Frost was just going to walk in here and we were going to be winning, you know, you know, we'd win seven, eight games last year and nine, ten this year. And we got some big holes in this program. And, yes, Martinez isn't playing as well, but we've got a, we've got a friggin' wide receiver who's our primary eye back now because for one thing or another, not not everything is is falling into place right now. So we're having this so Frost is having to scramble and I think some of his scramble moves today were counter counteractive. The idea of Wandale Robinson was the 170 pounds being your primary eye back is insane. And he was dinged up, so guess what? At the end of the game when you need, you know, you're in your last critical situation, He's standing on the sideline. He's waving his arms like he he wants to be in there, which is fine and good. But if he wasn't re- able to go out there and do that, well, that's a situation you you need the guy out there for. And when you run that guy between the tackles as your primary eye back all the time, and you get the guy dinged up that he can't that he can't do the things that he needs to that he can do. I mean, you, you look at his rushing stats today, those weren't all that impressive there either. So it's like, this offense is is a kind of a discombobulated mess. Some of that is forced by circumstance and how, the, you know, but I think they make, I think the coaching staff has made some, has tried to uh, work around that and just made some some really awful choices there that in hindsight aren't working out as well. Wandale's a hell of a weapon, but you can't have him being your primary eye back. And your you primary can't. receiver at the same time. Right. I mean, you know, you, I, you know, you saw a few things today. Kind of like Noah made, started to make some plays. That was a positive sign. J.D. Spielman was involved quite a bit today. That's great. Um, but Martinez was off. Whether it's rust, whether it's you know the whole season he, he's thinking too much or or whatever else, he missed open receivers and just make one of those one of those plays or don't turn the ball throw the ball into double coverage like uh, down by the goal line. I mean, as soon as he threw the, I think I was yelling, "Oh no!" As soon as. The ball hadn't even left his hands on my screen since I was streaming. It was long over, but I knew that thing was getting picked as he threw, went back to throw because you could see he was throwing it into, into a bad situation. And I said, "This thing is a, is, is a mess right now." I think we've got the aspects there, but I think I think Frost maybe is out thinking himself on what what this. Uh, what this pro, what he, what his offense needs right now. He had a great yeah. game plan last week, but this week, I mean, we just lost to a Purdue team that's that was two and six. They were missing. They're more banged up than we are. Oh yeah, they had they finished the game with their third string quarterback. Yeah, and he won the game for him. And them. he won the game for him. Now, yeah. granted, they didn't make him do a lot of things. They made, they were doing some of the things that, that Frost was trying to do, giving him some safe throws, you know, 
but our safe throws are those swing passes that sometimes turn into sometimes turn into losses because they're because they're not even forward anything close to forward. Uh, you know, Nate, what do you think? Oh, you know, I I think I don't have a lot to disagree with what Mike said. You know, it, you just I know I was t- I was talking to a friend of mine and I said. I just really expected better this year, you know, and I wasn't a guy that was expecting 10 wins. I think I said seven, I think seven, you know, seven or eight. And I thought, you know, the expectations we had going into this year were unrealistic. And, but I, I mean, it, the one thing that I, you know, I can maybe go back to, or I, you know, is that that 2017 recruiting class, I think right now is killing us. And and this is, and I'm not trying to, you know, pile on Mike Riley or anything, but I think we have three players from that class that are contributing, and th- those are your juniors now, you know, or redshirt sophomores. And so now we got guys that probably shouldn't be playing, um, or he's, you know, he's redshirting a bunch of his, his true freshmen that uh, they keep on talking about how mu- how much they could contribute. But I think they're they are so invested in get in keeping that red shirt that you know I but still having said all that I expected the offense to look a lot better and I and I don't know if it all started from the South Alabama game with the bad snap but it's almost like it's a mental thing for Adrian Martinez all year long he's I don't know if he's trying to get in the NFL or something but like he's unwillingness to at times today he did a little bit more but you know to go get five yards for a first down um so i think we had that the third and sixth play today where uh he threw it and i think they called a holding or uh it was a fourth down play yeah that was a fourth down and you can see frost even goes up and tells him you know you, you have 15 yards of green in front of you you know just just run and i and so, and I think he that wasn't Martinez didn't do that last year. I think you know I'm, I'm talking about the mental issues. So I don't know if he's like like Mike said, like he's thinking too much, or what the issue is. But I, you know, it, it seems like whatever can go wrong for this offense is going wrong, and and I don't know. I don't know if we're just you know I, don't, I, I that's kind of I'm just disappointed in the offense and. I would say that, you know, the quality of play on the defensive side, you know, some players, regret, like Muhammad Barry, I mean, he wasn't that great yeah, last he's year. Another, he's probably, if, if, you want, if you want to say a player has regressed uh, more than Martinez, Muhammad Barry would be yes. the, I mean, he was a, a team leader, and you could tell that he was giving 100 and, 110% every time out there. This year, there are times where he, 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 he don't, I don't, I don't want to question his effort, but man, sometimes I think he just, he gets, maybe he's trying too hard to make a play and then he, he gets himself out of position. He, he doesn't stay in his lanes, doesn't realize where the play is, recognize where the play is going, or sometimes he bites on a fake or makes a misread or tries to be too aggressive and it ends up being a, an eight, ten, fifteen-yard gain downfield because he wasn't, he didn't uh, maintain his run fit. Yeah, 
I, I, it's, I, you know, the the quarterbacks and the defensive backs have actually played pretty well. But it, our linebackers, Will Hone, is he can't cover anyone. Um, you know, he's running a passing route, and you yeah. know, and I, I guess like, and that's another example. You know, on Nick Henrich and Jackson Hanna. I mean, supposedly Jackson Hanna, you know, coming this year was a guy that people thought could be contributing right away, and we haven't even heard his name. You know, we've heard Nick Henrich a little bit, and but you know, again, he wants to redshirt him, and maybe he's not ready. Frost says, "Yeah, they're not ready." But I'm like, yeah, I think you just want to save their red shirt. And I guess they could have played today. But Nick Henrich is pretty fast, and yeah. right now, well, Will Honus you know, is, you know, is not. Yeah. Well, you know, and I mean, Honus, I, you know, you know, I don't. Th- I thought Honus of the uh, of the inside linebackers still impresses me more than than most others. But uh, but maybe I'm just maybe I'm just. Uh, Still uh, remembering the the days of uh, Dedrick Young trying to to play inside, and that's got me <laughs> that that warps my perspective there. But you know, obviously, de- I think defenses this year have figured out that the underly underlying uh, underneath routes, sending a receiver underneath to where. Honus or Barry have to try and cover these guys because they've cleared the, you know, they've sent enough receivers deep that, you know, your safeties and corners aren't having to make that play. Those underneath routes, those underneath routes are there all the time. And so, okay, there, you can just pick us apart. Yeah. And then they get, you know, then, then when they do catch it and um, on the underneath routes, then we have guys, coming up to make tackles and not like, you know, close, I would say in basketball terms, like closing out and they just dive at them and we get a missed tackle and then they go 15 more yards. And that's, you know, it, you can't just go at them like a missile because if you miss, then there's, you know, like I said, 15 more yards. And so it's things that just continue to compound and compound on both sides of the ball. And I mean, like I, I kind of joked earlier in the game that, you know, the headline of the article is going to be a two-win two uh, Purdue gets their third against Nebraska. You know, it's, Purdue's not very good. And they and we made – I mean, their two quarterbacks, look, you know, against our defense just, you know, they look like they, they could be, you know, pretty good quarterbacks going down the road. Maybe they but would be. But, but, but let's also keep in mind that uh, that the defense made a few plays early on in the game. And yes. if you, and if the offense capitalizes on half of you know, you know, and goes up, let's just say it, twenty-one nothing. Yes, that. I agree. You know, are we even having this conversation here? Because that puts them in a sense of panic. I mean, you've got the ball. You, you know, Darian Dan Daniels makes a great play. We almost had the. Fat guy touchdown. We would be rolling all week with, you know. Okay, got tackled at the three. Okay, fine. I said, okay, we just hand it off to Mills two or three times. We're going to get that that darn thing getting in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And what do we do? Out comes Wandale. We try an ill-advised shuffle pass that that probably could have just as easily gone seven the other way. 
And then we tried another hurry-up thing, and boom, 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 and we kick a field goal. That should have been seven. Should have had, you know, there should have been more points, and you put your foot down on the, uh, you make that those plays earlier in the game. You know, maybe the defense is more motivated. I would say, I don't want you to say the word motivated because that implies that they weren't motivated, but but they've got, they they feel, they feel like everything is rolling. And they've got this. They've got this. They've got this enthusiasm that uh, you know we we they they block kicks, they force interceptions, and the offense didn't capitalize on them, and suddenly they found this thing. And and you know there's something. Let's look at, and to show the effects of this thing, let's look at what happened to Wisconsin the last couple of weeks, where. Wisconsin had defense has looked amazing all season, but that's because they, their offense grinds the ball out, you know, six, seven-minute drives. You know, so they have plenty of time to relax, and they just come out there and they play their asses off for two minutes. They get a three and out, or maybe you know, give up a first down or two, and you know, then you know, then they then they rock off the field and get get uh, and get another five-minute breather. And they don't have to show much of their cards, but then suddenly they things break. They start turning the ball over against Illinois. The defense has to has to be out on the field longer. Wisconsin falls apart against Ohio State. They gave it. They gave uh, gave uh, Ohio State everything they had that first half. You know, and had a you know yeah they were trailing ten nothing, but then all of a sudden that second half whoop. You know, they re- the gas tank went to empty, and Ohio State blew them out down the stretch. You can't. This isn't like you know when in 1999. I'm no, I'm really dating myself here. When you know, when Nebraska, when Nebraska had one of the greatest defenses in the country that year, and their offense, you know, kept turning the ball over. You know, if they could just say, okay, you say, all right, well, here we go again. We'll just go out there and. Get another turnover, force another three out. We'll give it another offense another shot. We don't have that team yet, and so you, the defense needs something good to happen. The offense needs something good to happen, and Ted Gummel, we just can't find something good to happen. So you're finding more ways to screw this thing you, up. So you're saying they're codependent? Yes, because 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 the defense defense made some plays early today that should have given. The team and put, allowed the chief, allowed the Huskers to take a commanding lead in that game. They didn't have that didn't happen. The offense made some plays early, but then it kind of they pooped. Timing. They kind of pooped themselves. Yeah. So you know, and then after a while, I mean, there's one positive I can take out of today's game is that. All season long, the third quarter, they come out of third, the third quarter, and and crap happens. You know, they, they you know the team seemed to make the opponent made adjustments. Nebraska made either I wouldn't say Nebraska made the wrong didn't make adjustments. They just made adjustments that didn't seem to work as well. This week, they they came out and they I would argue they kind of won that third quarter, but 
You know, they only they, gave up three points. They only picked up three points, but they also didn't give up anything more than three points. So, I mean, I, I consider that kind of, you know, you say, okay, that's kind of a moral victory there. But if you look at some other third quarters this season where the game got out of control on them in the third quarter. Well, you know, you, you, you mentioned earlier about how it could have been 21-0, you know, because you know, it, it's, it's true, the defense, I mean, if you're in a game and the defense gets two interceptions and one of them, you know, it could have been the fat guy touchdown, and then the special teams blocks two kicks. You, you, I mean, you should win that game. And like you said, it should have been, it could have been twenty-one-zero. And that reminds me of Colorado. We're up seventeen-zero, yep. and if we score, if we score in the second half, like right away, the game's over. And it's it's probably gonna be twenty-four-zero. Colorado gives up, and it's just like today. In this case, we had an opportunity, opportunities that if we would have capitalized on at least one of them, you know, that's a totally different game. And it's, that's just been like the theme the past, for this year maybe, is just not capitalizing on opportunities. Okay, so that's enough of this, the post-game. I don't want to call this the end of the season, but there are so many people I can tell from traffic on our website and interest in our website what do you think Nebraska fans are going to do for the rest of the season? <laughs> uh, next week, probably... I, I, next week, I half or two weeks from now, I half wonder how many ever going to see how many uh, how many uh, Badger fa- cheeseheads are going to are, are wanting to come to spend a weekend in Lincoln. But <laughs> well, that's an interesting I, point. But but I'll be quite honest. I mean, we sat through that micro. You know, we sat. There are plenty of people that that uh, gave it a gave it a good shot against uh, in 2017, but I mean, Nebraska staring down another three a four win season, and and it's not good, is it? it it's not good. I mean, it's Well, that'd be three, four wins. I, I talked to somebody on the field when I was at Minnesota, and you know, the guy is a content producer. That's all I'll say. And I said, I looked at him and I said, "This is turning into this kind of season where uh, media companies go bankrupt in Nebraska." And he looked at me, and he he had this look in his face, and he goes, "Yeah, it is, John, because so, there's so much." You know, when when we do this stuff, you know, for you guys that are listening. I realize you're all fans and everything, but you have, you know, you have your Omaha paper, you have the Lincoln Journal Star, but you have all these other people that like do shit, like sell T-shirts and balloons, and I don't know what else they do. You know, they sell whatever they sell. This is going to hurt those people unbelievably bad because it's going to be the third year in a row, and it's going to lead to apathy, and it's going to lead to a very interesting off season. And I don't mean an off season. That is interesting to any of you as fans, but it's going to be certainly interesting to me as a guy who runs a website because um, I'm still going to be here because I'm mentally ill and <laughs> because I run a website and and third, because it's it's going to be interesting to see this last season, you know, or this this season, people have become very angry at our media, very angry at our coach for 
you know, fake news and uh, unrealized prayers and hype. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see, I guess, for me personally, maybe nobody else, but to see how people react to, are, are we going to drink the Kool-Aid when it comes into the next off season? And I hate to say that we still have games to play somehow miraculously, we could get our shit together and get to a bowl game. It doesn't look possible now, but Oh my God! How did we get here? Well, well I'm going to say one thing about that. Most preseason expectations is that when I, we were looking at this, at the when I was looking at the season, I said, "Okay, you got uh, you got six teams in the Big Ten West, and then Illinois, and there was an argument to be made for any one of them." Not named Illinois to win the West. I didn't. I wasn't a big believer in Minnesota, and frankly, going out, coming out of their preseason where they, you know, they had to scramble to beat a beat a FCS school and needed to convert a fourth down and fourth and long in the last minute to just to send the against uh, Fresno to go to overtime and another sloppy game against Georgia, directional Georgia, you know, they didn't look like a a top 25 team. I'm still not sure they're a top 25 team, but okay, they're undefeated. And then they, you know, of course they cream Maryland and Rutgers. Well, you know, what is, I mean, that doesn't really prove a lot either, but okay. So Minnesota's up at the top. Wisconsin has impressed me the most, but I mean, there was just as many, for as much stuff as Nebraska has screwed up on this year, there's schools like Minnesota and whatever, and I would say Iowa to some extent, that have scrambled to make the thing. I I don't feel bad about saying, could Nebraska have won the Big Ten West in the, was, was I that far off? Well, the, the thing, I was wrong underestimating the things that Nebraska have an issue with, but I don't think I was misjudging the rest of the Big Ten West either. I think Nebraska was probably just as – there was just as much reason to pick Nebraska in the preseason. I don't think it was so much a a misread on that. It was just that the West was just such a – A jump ball. A a jump ball that you knew somebody was going to – somebody was going to step up and do it. And like I said, I said at the time, I said, the only thing I feel confident about is – is saying that Illinois isn't going to finish in last place. Well, I think, although it looked a little silly there about three or four weeks ago, I think that's about the only thing I, I can say. I think that wasn't necessarily a wrong prediction. But, and I wouldn't, I'm not going to throw in the towel on, on this program either because at a certain point in time, some you know, we all know that there are holes in this roster. Frost has done, uh, you know, tried to scramble to fill those holes and has come up and frequently came up crappers. But at some point in time, if he's recruiting the way he's way I think he is, there's going to be some players around in the next year or two that we can throw in there that will that will may not necessarily get us to a win over Ohio State, but should at least allow us to beat a Purdue. <laughs> oh my God, that's where we're at. <laughs> Nate, do you have any final words? Um, 
you know, yeah, I, I guess when it comes to the preseason expectations, I, I've, I fought it all off season long to the point that some of our commenters thought I was one of the more negative guys on, on the staff. And so, and even though I was trying to fight those expectations, it's, I'm still disappointed, you know, and I've already said that. Uh, I don't know. Anybody you look at it, has to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and, and you just, I would feel better if I could pinpoint the issues, and I don't know if maybe it's just, there's just so many issues that you can't, you know, clamp a couple down, you know, but just, you know, you could say, oh, it starts with the offensive line. Okay, okay. Oh, wait, also, by the way, wide receiving core, we got maybe – you know, one guy, and then you know, we have. But you, uh, but you guys, set out your next, your best receiver out to play running back all the time. Yes, and yep, and we got tight ends that, I who at least for this game are getting open, but our quarterback can't find them. Then you go to the other side of the ball. You got linebacker issues. We got we can't generate a pass rush. Uh, you know, it's just you know our kicking game. I mean, just think about that. Like at the beginning of the year, you know. We had, we ran out, you know, we had two injured kickers, and we had we brought a guy who played to come to play safety here from Air Force, and he's kicking for us. And I, I know it's just like we just need to get through this year, and I guess and then hope for be, you know, for better things going forward with all these kids that are redshirting. Hopefully, they're the real deal. And I guess, and, and one last thought, maybe a positive thought is. You know, Frost is playing the long game, and yeah, and we and fans and the media need to also be taking the long game and and and. Why our media we, doesn't have a long game? Well, I understand why it sell that doesn't sell papers. It doesn't get generate clicks. It doesn't generate uh, those, ratings on talk of shows. Those guys will be gone in three years. You know, but but. We're running the risk of the same thing we did earlier this decade. And I'm going to say something very controversial here. And that is, go back and read that transcript of Bo Pelini in that locker room. Exercise, take out the part where, where, you know, where, where Pelini start saying naughty words about to describe the previous athletic director and focus on how difficult we make it for our coaches and our players to succeed. When we've got a, a guy who should have been, should have won his own Heisman Trophy out there openly criticizing the start his, the, the starting quarterback, we've got a problem there. That that's not going to help. That doesn't help anything here. I'm not saying we have to tell everybody say sunshine and, and lollipops here, but let's let this thing play out a little bit longer before we start calling for hatchet jobs, especially in the middle of the season, because there's no because we're not going to fire anybody. We're not benching people or whatever else, all that does is make people who are already timid and kind of not making great decisions, distracting them even further. We can make this a lot worse by making 
making a lot of noise that we demand changes. Well, we made a lot of changes, but now at first of the time, we just kind of have to sit back and let this process work its way out. If we, you know, we have to depend on Frost to take an honest look at what he's doing after the Iowa game. Maybe he's already thinking about that stuff, but again, he can't do anything. You can't tell, you can't, uh, that would be a sign of panic to have him say, oh, you know what, Eric Chenander, you're done now. I mean, it worked for Minnesota last year to make change, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty extreme step, and you, and I don't know that you run the, you can roll that dice and just start making willy-nilly changes. I mean, how many defensive, you know, we, how many people have, have some of these coaches, go, players gone through over the last few years, especially the guys who are red shirts, the ones who are still left that are red shirt seniors, that were recruited by Pelini's guys and retained by, and run all through the uh, system. You know, there's just not been any consistency in the, in this system right now, and that was the one thing that, that Nebraska doesn't mean you have to be happy about what's happening. You know, and it's okay to say this is not what we want, but we can't just say, "Oh, well, Frost and or Chenander, wrong answer." So let's repeat. You know, let's you know roll. Let's you know hit the slap machine again and see what comes up comes up this time. Okay, Zach Grunder has joined us. Zach, you you have two minutes for final thoughts. <clears throat> so this this is one of those games that I take we, it you're not too sad to drink this time. I'm sipping. I'm <laughs> okay. sipping on stuff. Sipping on some pink gin. Anyways, the uh this is one of those games that Nate over Nebraska, Nate over here killing his children in the background. I know, I'm no. sorry, guys. I'm t- <laughs> didn't know yeah, if you were, like, go. at a Walmart in, like, the child section or <laughs> – Okay, Zach, go ahead. So this is one of those games, again, where Nebraska should have won and we have the players to win. Like, Indiana, like, people argue me against me saying that we didn't have the – we didn't – we clearly – we lost so that, therefore, we don't have the players to win. Like, that's such utter bullshit. <laughs> we have the players to win – Almost every game, except for a couple games where we're out-talented, Ohio State being a clear example of that. We have the players to win. They're not in the position to win. They don't know what the fuck's going on. They don't. If it takes one or two people on a on a given play not knowing what their assignment is, and then the entire play doesn't work. You give up a big run or a big pass play. You all have to be on the same schedule. They're not being. They're not knowing where they are. 90% of the game football is lining up right and knowing who your assignment is. That's 90% of the football. The rest of it is just tackling or breaking tackles. That's all, really. And we're, we're not doing that. And after the bye week, Scott Frost had mentioned going back to basics. His team can't do anything basic at all. He's losing games based on not tackling, not being in assignments, not the players not knowing what to do at all. There, there are a couple plays where the Purdue's offense were, were snapping the play, and our defense were still looking at the sideline. So there, there are there are fundamental problems with this team that that stem at the coaching staff, and they have not fixed them all season. I'm, I think we're going to stop there. 
Mike, you get anything else? Anything? <laughs> as much as it pains as as painful it is to keep doing this, GBR man. Yeah, but you know what they say: uh, the show must go on. Show must go on, and and uh, I won't be there next week because there's a because we get to play by. But uh, but two weeks from now, let's who knows? Let's go. Figure out a way to go. You know what I'm going to do next week? Surprise some badgers. (laughs) You know what I'm going to do next week? I'm going to go shoot the Minnesota-Penn State game. (laughs) Or shoot yourself? Well, you know, maybe maybe a player will run over me and then it'll all be over. (laughs) Hey, can can we change the Coronation's logo to, like, a bloodied up foot with, like, a thousand shots in it? I was thinking of kitties. <laughs> You're just all shot up and bloodied. Oh my god! Okay, that's it. That's our post- <laughs> that is our post-game reaction from this damn bloody shot-up foot and the bullets <laughs> in the foot Purdue game. And God help us! I want you all Husker fans to remember that we love you here at Coordination, and we're here for your counseling mostly. Don't be assholes to each other. Life goes we're all, on. We're all Husker fans. We all what's stick the, together in all line, kinds of weather. That what's that line from this song? We'll we all, all stick, stick together, together in all kinds of weather. For dear old Nebraska U. And it's right. almost basketball season. So yep. that's it. Look, it's, a, it's a curse that we have to live with. All of us Nebraska fans, we have to live with that we're Nebraska fans. And we have to just suck it up. And stop letting it ruin the rest of your day, like me. Yep. Okay. I'm, I'm being productive. Okay, there, there you go. I'm gonna go get some beer. <laughs>